What's that old song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow for loving us. Thank you for not giving up on us in spite of us, in spite of who we are. Lord, you don't give up on us. You love us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you have heard of a man named Asaph? Name Asaph. Asaph. He's uh, credited with a writing about 12 of the chapters in uh, Psalms. He was alive during uh, David's reign. He was a descendant of Gershon, uh, the son of Levi. He was a Levite. And he was a prophet. David uh, appointed him to lead the worship while he was king. And uh, some of his, two of his psalms uh, are his poems and psalms were uh, about the destruction of Jerusalem that happened 586 years after he died. His descendants were uh, perfor performed at the dedication of Solomon's temple. He had a lasting effect on the kingdom of Israel. You hear David's name all the time, but Asaph was a powerful man of God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 29, 230 years after Asaph's death, Hezekiah becomes king of Judah and he repaired, the, uh, repaired and reopened the temple. And at the dedication, he said, King Hezekiah and the officials ordered the Levites to praise the Lord with the Psalms written by David and by Asaph the seer. So they offered joyous praise and bowed down in worship. Asaph was a big-time dude in that day. If you think about who uh, you would look at and go, you know what? They're going to heaven. I mean, it's just obvious the way God's 
using them. God's moving on them. And, you know, you know those baseball players that they say is first-time first Hall of Famers, where the first year that they're eligible, you just go, Albert Pujols would be a first-time Hall of Famer. He'd be the first year he's eligible, they're going to vote him into the Hall of Fame. Asaph would be one of those people. He's going to go to heaven. And then you turn to Psalms. We're going to go to Psalm 73. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. This is Asaph. This is a big-time dude. And he goes, verse number one goes, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But then it takes a turn. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. This great man of God just says, you know, I almost lost it. I almost gave up because I, saw, I looked around and saw people that weren't living right, people that were evil, and they seemed to be prospering. Verse 4, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They don't have troubles like me. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They seem to just float right along. They don't seem to have the car breakdown. You know what? They're able to fill up their tank of gas, their tank. And I have to, like, Lord, help this $20 to get through the payday. And here I am. I'm paying my tithes. I'm giving in offerings. I'm at church every time the doors are open. I'm helping where I can. And what's happening? Verse 10 says, and so, they, and so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. They have influence. You know, since they left the church and decided not to live in holiness, they seem to be doing really good. In fact, people are listening to them. Nobody ever listens to me. I try to tell them how, how to live for God, and nobody ever listens to me. But once they start talking, what does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. I mean, he's really complaining. He's wondering why I here I am, I'm doing what I, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. And yet, what happens? My life seems to be falling apart. And all these people who reject you, who may come to church but don't live right when they go home. They seem to prosper. They seem to be getting the raises. Their families seem to be doing well, while my family seems to be falling apart.
Sometimes we can do that. We can look around and go, what is going on? Why do I do the things I do? Verse 13, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. How many of you get out of bed and you're like, oh, oh, oh. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. I would have been wrong. But yet these people seem to be being blessed all the time. Why do I walk in holiness? Why do I keep coming to church? Why do I keep paying my tithes when it seems like I don't have enough to pay my bills? We start looking around at others, and we're like, is it worth it? Is it worth it for me to keep going the way I'm going? Is it worth it for me to keep giving God everything? When I can look around and it seems like everybody else that doesn't live right, does so well. Thing is, is looks can be deceiving. We can get distracted by what's going on around us. See, when Peter stepped out of the boat, there was a storm. Peter knew there was a storm. But he was so focused on Jesus that he was like, all right, I'll go. He was out on the water. The storm was raging. Some of us are out on the water and the storm is raging and we don't realize we're walking on water. We start getting our eyes on the waves and we start getting our eyes on things that aren't really things that we have to worry about. See, there are times when God will we have, I've said this before. Other people have, uh, have said this before. There are times when God will calm the storm in your life. But then other times, he will just calm you. And the storm will continue to rage. And the things will still be going crazy around you. When I, there's a prayer I say every morning, and part of it is, Though everything's going crazy around me, help me to stand strong for you. Though my day may seem like it's falling apart, help me to stay strong for you. Help me to continue to, to speak peace. Help me to continue to speak truth. Help me to continue to be aligned with you so that your rivers of living water can flow from me. See, when... Peter started to fall, he, it was because he took his eyes off Jesus. I don't know how, it doesn't say how far Jesus was away from Peter. But it says as soon as he started to fall and called out, Jesus was there. Now, to me, if I'm going in the water and, and the 
uh, side of the pool or whatever is a foot away and I start to go under or something, I'm not really that panicked because I can reach out. So in my opinion, I'm not saying this is Bible, but in my opinion, Jesus must have been still afar off. For Peter to go, Jesus! So Jesus had to instantly be there to catch him. Asaph was going through the same thing. Seemed like storms were going up, going all around him. But then you find Asaph kind of shaking himself. And in verse 17, he says, Then I went into the sanctuary, and oh God, and I finally understand the destiny of the wicked. We'll skip down to 21. Then I realized that my heart was bitter, and I was all torn up inside. I'd really done this to my, I, I put myself in this situation because I took my eyes off of Jesus. I was so feel it, foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, Jesus. He was going, you know what? I did it to myself because I took my attention off where I was supposed to have it. And I know this seems real simple, just to, but sometimes we need to be reminded that when we're walking through a storm and God's not calming the storm, he's allowing us to walk through the storm. As long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and stop the distractions of what's going on, we're going to be all right. It's when we allow those distractions to cause bitterness that we have problems. Because when we start looking at other people and we start envying where other people are, we can start be to become bitter about what, where we are. And when we become bitter about where we are, that just starts to fester. That starts to grow. And then we start going, okay, God, what, what's up with you? Then we start looking at God with an attitude. And God goes, really? There are some times when I'm praying, I, I'm praying and I talk like I normally talk, and I, all of a sudden I go, yeah, I don't know why I said that, Lord, because, uh, I mean, obviously, you know this, or you do that, or, and I just, I'm like, really, Mike, you said that to God? Who created you? I mean, really? Verse 23, yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel leading me to a glorious destiny. We've heard where it says, I have plans for you, and all that stuff. God does have a plan for you. thing is, is it might not all be rose petals and a nice little journey. There may be, there's probably going to be some trials. There's going to be some waves and there's going to be some storms that you go through because if we didn't have a storm 
If we didn't go through anything, where's our testimony? Now, Sister Ann, you go up and talk to Sister Ann for longer than 30 seconds. She will go. You know what happened to me the other day? She just told me uh, Sunday that uh, they had issues with their uh, airline tickets, and she paid however much she paid. And uh, she's like, that's a chunk of money. I, I, didn't, I couldn't afford that because I was trying to fix what they messed up. She goes, so I started talking to them, and ends up, they didn't reimburse me for my full ticket. I, in fact, I came out a little bit of a head, and she goes, but God. But God, wherever you are in life, whatever you're going through right now, when you keep your eyes on God, you go, you know what? This has been a tough week. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. But God, I had car trouble this week. But God. It's still going. You know, I had a bad attitude earlier in the week because someone cut me off or someone said something I didn't like, and you know what? But God, who is rich in mercy and who loved me, started talking to me and got my focus back on where it needed to be I was able to apologize for my attitude, and I was able to, to move on and grow from that situation. You know, I had some health problems. But God, he knew where I was. And while he may have not have taken the sickness away, he gave me peace and joy in the situation. But to do that, to have that but God, who is rich in mercy and loves me so much, you have to have your eyes on him. Because if you have your eyes on something else, you're not going to know that God is working in your life. You have to be looking at him. I had a girl in, in the car this, this week during, during my driving for Uber. She asked me the strangest question. And I'm not going to tell you the, the question because it's strange. But in our conversation, we started talking about relationships. And she was wanting to know about dating. I said, you know, as a youth pastor... I would tell people to look for people in the prayer room. Look for people in the altar. Because if you're going to find someone that's got their focus on God, then your relationship is going to be God-based. And you're going to be looking to God in all the situations. And those times of trouble in your relationship, you're going to go, okay, God, we need help in this situation. And he's going to work it out. But you both have to have your eyes on Jesus. 
when we start thinking of relationships of what can I give instead of what, I, what can I get, the relationships start to turn. See, when you go, God, I give everything, God turns around and goes, son, daughter, I give you. When we give up everything for God, he starts moving and changing us so that we can have peace and joy all the time. See, if you, if you go through days where, where you're having issues having joy or you're having peace, that's a great opportunity for you to stop what you're doing and go, you know what, God? I submit myself to you in all situations. You know, it's your will that I want to happen in my life and not mine. Because if you're leading and guiding my life, then no matter what happens to me, I will know that you are in control. And no matter what storm I'm going through, you are in control. So I can have your peace and your joy so that when I walk up to someone that's on the street and they're going, I'm hurting, even though you're going through a horrible trial, you can go, you know what? But God. You know, I understand you're hurting, but, and you know what? I've got problems too, but you know, I have the Savior that, that, that gives me peace and gives me joy, and he's just taking care of me, and I know that I'm his, and he is mine, and, and I don't have to worry. And you're able to reach someone and go, hey, can I pray with you? Can I, can I take a minute to pray for you? 99% of the people, when you go, can I, do you, do you mind if I just t- say a prayer for you? They're going to go, bring it on. And that's your opportunity to just go, okay, God, I need you to speak through me right now so that I pray your will for their life. So that they will be touched and their seeds planted in their life to come in to know you. See, it's when we keep our eyes on God that that peace and that joy, but it's all is purposeful. Asaph had to, had to do something. He had to go to the sanctuary. If you don't have a specific place in your house that you go and pray, I, I recommend that you take a spot in your house and you meet God every day in that spot. I'm telling you, it'll change your prayer life. It'll change your walk with God if you just go, you know what, God? I'm going to meet you right here every day. Yes, God is everywhere. And yes, you can pray, pray everywhere. But when you start going, you know what, God? I have to have you, and so I'm going to be here every morning or every afternoon at this time, and I want to meet with you. Your life will change. Can we all stand? Tonight, you may be walking in the perfect life. You may have everything all under control. You may have everything 
just flying right along. And I'm thankful for that. But a brother or sister may not be in that position. And we need to, if we're not going through something, we need to lift our brothers and sisters up. And we need to pray for them. And we need to lift them up with a kind word, with whatever. But if you're going through something, we need to lift each other up. If I'm going through something, that doesn't stop me from going and lifting a brother or sister up. That doesn't stop me from praying for others. If we could tonight as we end, we could lift our hands and just take a moment to pray and say, Lord, I pray that you will help me to get my focus back on you. Lord, that through everything that I'm going through, whether I'm going through nothing or I'm going through a storm of of my life, I pray, Lord, that you will get my focus back on you. Lord, return the joy, your joy to me. Return your peace to me so that I can reach others, so that I can not only have peace in my life, but I can let that share and share that with others. Because you've not called me to keep what you've given me to myself, but you've called me to help give it to others. Lord, get my focus onto you. Help my eyes to be on you. Help my understanding to be with you. Help there to be a free flow of your spirit through me. Let your rivers of living water flow through me every single day. Lord, help me to meet with you daily. Lord, I I need you. I don't want to look around and, and get distracted by everything that's going on around me, but help me be focused on you. Help me to understand that you have everything under control. Lord, if I have a brother or sister that's going through something, Lord, bring them to my mind so that I can pray for them, so that I can lift them up to you, Lord, and, and help them. Jesus, you are so great. Holy are you, Lord God. Could you open your mouth and worship the God, worship God right now? Jesus, you are mighty. Could you, could you lift your voice and, and worship the King of kings? Lord, you are great. Holy are you, Jesus. Mighty Jesus. Jesus, you are mighty God, and I love you. I surrender everything to you. I surrender my heart and my mind. Lord, I submit my soul to you, Jesus. I put everything on your altar. Lord, sir, take me in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Worthy are you, Jesus. Hallelujah.